Our guest speaker this morning, Marinus Bowers. He is the City of Dayton District Fire Chief. He's also the Dayton Dragons Chaplain. I love that song, Revive Us Again. You know, revival is coming. In 2006, I went to India, and uh, God is doing a great work in India. There's a revival taking place in India. And so for the last, since 2006, my wife and I go there every year, and uh, we're getting ready to retire, and then we hope to spend much more time there. But God is doing an amazing thing in India. When I went there in 06, the Spirit of God was moving in such incredible, incredible ways. We'd go into villages, and we'd pray for the sick, and people would be healed. And then they'd bring all the sick, just like in the days of Jesus. It was like being in the first century, and whole families were being healed of AIDS and every tuberculosis, everything imaginable. And then they would be saved. Then we would share the good news of Jesus. In Acts chapter 5, when the disciples had been beaten for sharing Jesus, they have a prayer meeting. And they said after they prayed, it was so powerful that the whole place where they were was shaken. Wouldn't that be something to have a prayer meeting in this whole building just reverberate with the Spirit of God? And they, their prayer was this, Lord, Grant your servants boldness to preach your word. But we never put the next verse with it. By stretching forth your hand to heal with signs and wonders. You see, bold proclamation of the word in the days of Jesus was accompanied with healing and signs and wonders. You read through the New Testament and you read through everywhere Jesus went, he healed people, didn't he? He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Exodus chapter 15. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews chapter 13. If he was ever Jehovah Rapha, the Jehovah, the God who heals, he is that today. He cannot cease to be who he is. His name reveals his character, who he is. He is Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Is he still the Lord our righteousness today? Yes. And he's still Jehovah Rapha today. And we saw God moving in such a mighty way. And whole villages, we'd go into a village and we'd have trouble drawing a crowd just by preaching the word. And that's where America is right now. America's preached out. If you approach people and start telling them about Jesus, man, immediately the guards go up. You know, Billy Graham used to fill crusades all over this country. It'd be very hard to do that today. But then we'd ask people in these villages to come forward if they wanted to be healed, and we'd lay hands on them and pray for them. And and we're not healers. We're just followers of Jesus. And it's through the power of Jesus' name that revival comes. And there's a revival coming. The revival is in India. It's coming to the United States. In 1974, I lived in the mountains of Colorado. I was working in the National Forest cutting trees. Lumberjack, I guess you could say. And the Spirit of God's swept through our woodcutting group. And all nine of us came to know the Lord in a very short period of time. That was April 28, 1974. He changed my life. I've never been the same. I went from a lover of self and a seeker after pleasure to a lover of God and a seeker after his glory. He changed me. I'm not who I used to be. And there was a great revival going on in America in the 60s and 70s. Some of you are old enough to remember that. And millions of young people came to know Jesus Christ. In fact, if you know, Colorado Springs is kind of the mecca of international and national Christian organizations. So many of them are headquartered in Colorado Springs. 
And you go there and you meet these people. They're my age. They were people who were saved during this revival. And then I saw the revival in India and I said, Lord, I came in, I came into faith in a revival. I want to go out in faith in a revival. And the Lord was speaking to me so powerfully that the revival in India is not just for India. It's for us here in the United States, and it's coming. And when it comes, it's going to be accompanied by miraculous healing. People who don't want to hear about Jesus Christ today, when their relatives are healed of pancreatic cancer, they will listen. They will believe. We've seen two ladies, one 12 years ago healed of pancreatic cancer, another one just healed recently. The last time we were in India, I was speaking at a conference, and some brothers came up to me at 5 o'clock in the evening, and they said, Nagama has been bitten by a very bad snake. It was a Russell Viper. Russell Viper kills more people than any other snake in the world because it's so prevalent. And we prayed in the mighty name of Jesus. Sunday, we were there at the church meeting, and here comes Nagama. I got pictures on my phone. She's showing everybody her, her thumb. We said, tell us your story. She said, at 5 o'clock Friday evening, I came out of the coma, and I was totally healed. The exact same time we prayed. Is that a coincidence? Or did Jehovah Rapha touch her? You see, Jesus is alive. Revive us again. Oh, how our country needs revival. I am a radical lover of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm a district chief on Dayton's fire department. Yes, this is my 19th season with the Dayton Dragons. But the most important thing about me is that Jesus Christ has captured my heart. He loves me so much. He loves you so much. As the body of Christ, he's our head. We're his body. As the church, we're his bride. He's our bridegroom. It speaks of intimacy, doesn't it? Man, he is looking for radical lovers. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, For the love of Christ constrains me. The love of Christ constrains me. I don't live my life by a set of rules of do's and don'ts. I live my life by the love of Christ constraining me. See, when I go on the road, a road trip, my wife Julie doesn't say, now, Renis, don't have an affair when you're on the road. And why doesn't she say that? Because we have a greater law in effect. It's called the law of love. Julie is crazy about me. I'm crazy about her. We're in love with one another. Therefore, she doesn't have to remind me not to have an affair. You see what I'm saying? And the same thing is true in the Christian life. We live the Christian life by Christ's love constraining us. He is looking for men and women who will love him unashamedly. We won't care what our co-workers think. We won't care what our neighbors think. We won't care what our other family members think. We're in love. You know, isn't that wonderful? Are you in love? Yeah. Man, Jesus, he's everything. He's absolutely everything. He's the God of glory. When the Heavenly Father speaks audibly from heaven, he speaks twice audibly from heaven. Both times it's about his son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. Hear him, right? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's on the Father's heart? Jesus. The Heavenly Father is consumed with His Son. 
Jesus said, it's, it's more profitable for you that I go away because if I go not away, I can't send the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit comes, John chapter 15, verse 26, he will testify of me. The Father's consumed with the Son, the Holy Spirit. He's, his occupation and his preoccupation is Jesus Christ. You can tell if somebody's filled with the Holy Spirit or not. Why? Because they're going to be testifying about Jesus Christ. They're going to be consumed with Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6, the writer of Hebrews says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And the whole context there is Jesus. The Father's consumed with Jesus. The Holy Spirit's consumed with Jesus. The angels of God are consumed with Jesus. Jesus is walking on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24 with his disciples, and they're sad. And he's walking with them. And the Bible says that he, he opens up the scriptures to them. And the only scriptures they had was the Old Testament. And he shows them all the things concerning himself from the Old Testament. Beginning in Moses and all of the prophets and the Psalms, he says, he shows them himself. And what's, what do they say? How our hearts burned within us as he opened unto us the scriptures concerning himself. Is that your experience when you read the word? Does your heart burn within you? That's our heritage. The whole testament is about Jesus. Every verse, it's about the Lord Jesus. And then you come to the New Testament. You got four gospels. They're four biographies about Jesus, aren't they? And then you come to the book of Acts. And they continue to tell what Jesus began to do and to teach. Acts chapter 1. And in Acts chapter 5, it says that they did not cease to preach and to teach Jesus in the temple and from house to house every day. They were consumed with this glorious Lord. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What's the apostles' doctrine? It's not a doctrinal statement. They had just led 3,000 people. These fishermen had led 3,000 people to the Lord that same day. The next day, they were going to have to teach them. What do you think they taught them? Bible doctrine? Knowledge? These men had just spent three and a half years with the creator of the universe. They walked with him. They slept with him. They ate with him. They ministered with him. They healed with him. They delivered with him. They were with him night and day for three and a half years. If you had walked the streets of Jerusalem and the land of Palestine with, for three and a half years with the Son of God, and the next day you got to teach somebody, what would you share with them? Jesus! You'd share Jesus. Why? Because you're consumed with him. And you want these 3,000 people to know that Christianity isn't an ideology. It's not a social ethic. It's not a, it's not a bunch of rules. It's a love relationship with the God who made you. Wow. And then you come to the Apostle Paul. 13 letters he wrote in the New Testament. The man was absolutely eaten up. Absolutely eaten up with this glorious person of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1. He mentions Jesus 30 times in the first chapter. Ephesians chapter 1. 26 times. You can go through every one of his epistles. Just take the first chapter. It's Jesus, 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 all the way through. He said in Colossians 1.28, we proclaim him. We proclaim him. Paul said, it's my, it's my joy to, to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. 
Oh, my prayer for you today is that even as I'm speaking, you're feeling his loving arms embracing you, communicating to you, I love you. I am crazy about you. I died for you. I have brought you into a relationship with myself. And it's the greatest adventure anybody can ever live. For 44 years, I've been on this adventure with Jesus Christ. I could never have imagined a life so wonderful. Every day is filled with surprises. Every day is filled with Jesus tapping me on the shoulder, nudging me to speak a word to this person or to that person. One day, about a year ago, I was sitting on the front ramp of Company 2, our firehouse at Dayton. It's on the corner of Kiwi and East 3rd. It's the oldest firehouse in the city. And I was talking to another, another firefighter whose name is Tim Taylor. Now, Tim Taylor suffered a debilitating back injury, and now he's in the Fire Inspection Bureau rather than the Fire Suppression. And fire Inspection is very boring compared to fighting fires. And Tim was very sad. And I said, Tim, God can heal you. Well, Tim is a believer, but he was so full of unbelief because he's, he was taught that God doesn't heal anymore. And I was sitting there telling him, hey, no, Tim, look, God, somebody forgot to tell India that God isn't healing anymore because everybody's getting healed there. They're passing laws. So many people are coming to Christ. They're passing laws against it. They're paying the Hindus to come back to Hinduism because so many are coming to Christ. So anyways, I'm talking to Tim and telling him about healing. And this car pulls up on the front ramp. And I could tell they were lost. Older couple. I go out to the car. And the wife has an attitude, and she says, we're lost. We don't know where we are. We went, to the, uh, we went to see Noah's Ark. They're from French Lick, Indiana, the home of Larry Bird. In fact, this guy went to high school with Larry Bird. So they said we're lost. They went, to, they went there, and then he, the, the husband wanted to come to Dayton. He had no idea why. He says, I've never been to Dayton. I want to go to Dayton. His wife, she didn't want to go to Dayton, but she relented. Anyways, they pull up their losses. So now she's got an attitude because why did we come to Dayton in the first place? And so we're talking, and I tell him how to get back on the highway. And he says, he's sick. I said, what's wrong? He said, I have terminal cancer. I said, that's very interesting because I was just sitting here on the front ramp talking with Tim Taylor, my firefighter buddy, about how God heals today. And I said, the Lord can heal you, sir. And he said, would you pray for me? That was a nudge on the shoulder, wasn't it? And I stick my hand in, and I, and I said, can I hold your hand? He puts his hand in mine. I said, sir, what's your name? He said, my name's Tim Taylor. I look at Tim Taylor, and Tim says, I can't believe this. <laughs> Same name. We pray for this man. This man, I don't even know what kind of cancer he had, but he was terminal, and he's healed. I touch base with him about every month. He's totally healed. That's the nudge of the Lord, isn't it? Years ago, I used to get alone with the Lord every year for a week at a time, just take my Bible and fast and pray and seek the Lord. And the Lord gave me wonderful places to stay. I stayed in the mountains of Colorado. I stayed in the mountains of Pennsylvania. I stayed in beautiful places, and I noted that the Lord always gave these places to me for free. It never cost me a dime. Now, I wasn't even trying to get that, but it just was something that I became aware of as the years went by, year after year. So one year, I go down to a state park in Kentucky, and I think I'm going to camp out. And so I go to this park, and the ranger is there at the gate, and he says, how long are you going to be here? I said, one week. He says, it's $5 for a remote campsite. Oh, wow, $5. 
I thought, well, that's interesting because the Lord has always given me a place for fear. I said, let me go find a place, see if I can find a place. So I drive down there, and I found the most remote spot right under a big oak tree with a stream running right through it. Perfect. I get out of the car. I look for a level spot to throw my tent, and on the most level spot was a $5 bill. That's true. And I'm telling this story at Apex Church, uh, where I'm one of the elders, and I'm telling this story one Sunday. And uh, this couple was there, and they were really struggling in their marriage. And I get a call from them later that night. They went home after listening to the message, and uh, they decided they'd go for a walk. And as they're walking along, talking, and just talking about the sermon, talking about their relationship, there on the sidewalk was a $5 bill. Coincidence? I think not. That's the Lord, these gentle nudges. My wife has a ministry I was going to have her come and tell it, but I need to close. She goes to the strip clubs in Dayton, and it's called Oasis Ministry. And she goes, and she, she, they feed the strippers and, uh, and these poor ladies that are just caught up in bondage. And they love on them, and they share Jesus with them, and they pray with them. And the Lord, she comes home with the most amazing Jesus stories of, of Jesus just nudging her. And this one the girl this just past week, Julie, what did you say to her? You're not forgotten? She said, you're not forgotten. And this girl just broke down and started weeping because she thought she was forgotten. And Julie got to share the gospel with her. Anyways, I share all this just to say, ah, my brothers and sisters, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to love this lost, dying world through us. It's not us. But his love never fails, according to 1 Corinthians 13. As we rub shoulders with everybody in our circle, Lord Jesus, love these people through me. I pray for all my firefighters. Lord Jesus, love these guys through me. I pray for my baseball players. Lord Jesus, love these players through me. Lord Jesus, love my wife through me. Lord Jesus, love my children and my grandchildren through me because love never fails. And God has put us here to be his arms, to wrap around the lost And let them know how much Jesus loves them and what Jesus did for them. If you're here this morning and you don't know this love relationship that I'm talking about, let me just say, in closing, Jesus loves you. He came to this earth. He was the creator. He became a man to suffer and die in your place with your sins. And there on Calvary's cross, God the Father poured out his judgment on his own son for my sin. All of my sin was taken off of Renus, and it was placed on the Son of God. And there my sin was paid for, not by Renus, but by Jesus Christ. And he said, it is finished. They put him in the grave, and three days later he rose from the dead. And he's alive today. And the greatness of the gospel is he ascended into heaven, and he sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and now brings Jesus into our lives. And the Apostle Paul put it this way in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Where is Jesus Christ living? He lives in me. He lives in you. And if you've never trusted him, that today, just a simple surrender, Lord Jesus, I'm lost. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. Lord Jesus, save me. That was the prayer I prayed in 1974. Save me, for I sink into hell. 
radical transformation. If you're already saved, then you know what I'm talking about, this indwelling Christ that we live by, right? Amen? Amen? Man, we will never regret being too bold, being too passionate for Jesus Christ. We will regret being too passive. Just let his love flow through you. Lord Jesus, love people through me. Lord Jesus, use me up, Lord. Use me up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son. You are consumed with your Son. The Holy Spirit is consumed with your Son. The angels are consumed with your Son. The whole Testament is consumed with your Son. All of creation speaks to your Son. All things were made by Him and for Him. The whole New Testament is about your Son. Centerville Community Church is about your Son. Revive us again. Set our hearts ablaze for Jesus Christ. That this community might know that He's alive and He is powerful to save. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in your own precious name. Amen.